Welcome back to the Man Cave Caucus Podcast. I'm here with my co-host extraordinaire, Tim Holden. Tim? Howdy. How's your day? Mm, pretty good. Fantastic. Got some, uh, drywall up on the house, so. Sweet. Yep. It's been quite the week, the old Thanksgiving and all. Did you guys have a pretty big shindig? We always do, you know. This year we were here. Didn't have to travel, which is always great. Um, you know, had the big family gathering with everybody. My wife's family. Lots of good food. Fellowship. Went out to the farm. Shot skeet. Nice. You know, all that stuff. Um, came back. Ate more food. Mm. Played some board games. All that good stuff. We, uh, how about you? We did, we had a pretty similar thing. We, it's been about six years since we've had like a extended family Thanksgiving. Uh, we, you know, both traveling, it's been tough, but this year we, we went all in. We had about, uh, 40 plus people over there. And, uh, we did, we, we went ahead. We didn't go out to the farm to skeet shoot. And, uh, in the future, we probably will. We just shot out in the backyard. All in all, though, it was great. We we had a cornhole tournament. Um, played. I my whole right side of my body is aching. Two days later, from the uh, ping pong. Ping pong. Played. I bet I played ten hours of ping pong over the course of Wednesday, Thursday, and a little bit Friday. So I don't remember the last time I. I've played. It's been years. All of my ping pong muscles had deteriorated. Yeah, you, it had been it's, about it's 10 use years it or lose it, 15. right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I got. How long did it take you? How many games did it take you to get back? I would say in hours. It probably eight hours. I was starting to feel like I was ready. Like, I was back in form, and but like, I was hurt. Like we used to be. Yeah, I was hurting so bad at that point, but I was full on Forrest Gumping it by eight hours in. Like slaying, yeah. I uh, I actually beat a couple people left. About the time you hit full stride, you're you're too exhausted to yep. continue. I even developed my ambidextrous playing again, and yeah, yeah. I got tired of beating everybody right-handed and just switched her up. Was there anybody that was real good though that you played against? Well, I beat everybody, so if I said they were really good, it would sound a little pretentious. But yeah, I mean, it, there was some competition. Well, that makes it better. Oh yeah, for sure. So what but else? I mean, food. We uh, we did we did a little uh, dominoes and uh, played some sequence. That's a uh, that's always a family favorite. Yeah, we like the sequence game. When you start when you start wearing out, when the when the ping pong arm and the uh, my rotator cuff is no doubt needing an injection so it doesn't take a lot to move those little chips <laughs> right speaking of chips i i think i ate two pounds of smoked chicken dip from a uh, red onion oh that stuff is mm. you can't stop mm. once you start yeah they somebody ordered up a whole mess of it about a five gallon bucket worth and i did my best but we had some i had a, a cousin who's from uh, married into our family from Ukraine, and okay. so we got some Ukrainian desserts. They were nice, and uh, that was was it paid for with U.S. tax? Well, dollars, I was going to say that was uh, that was uh, absolutely it was guaranteed conflict free Russian de or uh, Ukrainian desserts. So mm. that was that was nice. Bought and paid for with just good old fashioned hard earned bucks. Do you uh do you do anything on the smoker? Cook any meats? Oh yeah, I got nominated. I mean, that's always a big deal. I was nominated to cook a turkey and a brisket on the smoker. And uh the turkey was quite moist and flavorless. I uh I'm not not a planner, so I just dumped a lot of salt and some water and let it percolate for a few hours and then I seasoned the garbage out of it, and it still tasted 
pretty much, I mean, like unsalty lunch meat, but it was moist. But the brisket, we had a, we, we bought a half of a beef earlier this year and it was grass fed, grass finished. And something I learned this week is that you might need a little bit of fat if you're going to be smoking. Yeah. But I, I put that brisket on and, uh, it, it hit 165 and I went out and I wrapped it and I was a little worried because I saw that there was no drippings underneath the brisket. Never a good sign. So I was like, well, maybe it's just all in there, (laughs) but, uh, all held within it. It looked like Jack Lynx could have sold it to Kingsford. (laughs) It tasted like it had the moisture of old jerky, like the jerky you get out of the plastic case at the truck stop. Mm -hmm. That was the texture on the... No name brand jerky? No, no, no. I mean, there was like the stuff you get with the tongs Mm. out of the plastic case. Mm. That was the moist part. The uh, the outer part was an abomination, and I people kept asking. I knew it was bad. I it was still in its crutch paper, and I put it in to rest. What they didn't know, everybody was like, "Where's the brisket?" And I said, "It's resting." They didn't know that I had laid it to rest hours before. R.I.P. So, did it ever make it to the table? Well, I sheepishly brought it out after everybody was full and started slicing off some smart move beef jerky slices with a uh, electric chainsaw because the meat carver the old Milwaukee battery I tried a sawzall nothing but I got a few morsels out of the middle that if you're patient you could chew and it was it was pretty much the most shameful cooking experience, and I've had some shameful ones, but it was nobody uh, nobody came for firsts or seconds. <laughs> There's nothing like being humbled. I definitely. I mean, while. I've never produced a perfect brisket, but uh, this one took the cake, and I brought it out with the cake, so. The Ukrainian pie was much more popular. And, uh, you know, you win some and you lose some, Ben. That's right. We've got a sound for that, actually, Tim. If my brisket could have made sounds other than crunch, that is what it would have done. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry that it went that way, but, uh, you know, there's always next next year. (laughs) I'll make your family one. <laughs> I've had similar experiences. The last time I smoked on the smoker, not the last time, but it just so happened I was making like five briskets for a big event, mm. right? And it had to be done at a certain time. And it, as always, you're up against time. It's going to smoke it all night, put in lots of pellets, you know, all this stuff. And uh, had everything, I mean, everything right. They were in the brine for like a couple days, I mean, like it was going to be the stuff, mm-hmm. right? I get up in the morning to go check on it, and uh, there's nothing coming out of the grill. You know, no smoke, no heat, and I look. So first problem is the pellets, something had got stuck in the yeah, in the they, auger. They do that little yeah. cone thing where and they just stop falling. Yeah. Mm. So I, I didn't know at what point it had went off, but it did. I opened it up to see if they were salvageable, right? If they were still warm. And I realized that I had, so my smoker has, you can switch it over to sear with this big lever in the front. Mm -hmm. Well, I had never checked that when I put them on to make sure it was on smoke. It was on sear. So I seared those briskets all night long. (laughs) Well, they were done (laughs) is the good news. And all that was left was charred flakes of paper. I know, I know. No one wants to hear about briskets, but I, I've cooked three, and I've had one turn out that looked good, and it was terrible. But my first one, I had a. It was I was I'd done a lot of smoking, but I was doing like burgers and chicken and stuff, and I put this guy on at two in the morning 
woke up Sunday about 11 o'clock to my wife yelling, mm. Tim, there's a fire. And I ran out and I had not, didn't realize the how imperative it was to clean your smoker before long cooks. And uh, I did get that right this time, but I'll, I will say that brisket that caught on full-blown fire and rent my smoke like it caught my smoker on fire melted all the internals it was moist more moist in the center than what i produced on thanksgiving somehow so mm. <sighs> anyways well, enough about the brisket yeah but. that was an interesting conversation though mm. so back to thanksgiving uh so you play board games a few and then cornhole ping pong so kind of a variety. Let me just ask you this. Like I, I put this out on Facebook actually just a couple hours ago to kind of see like where people were at on board games, like top 10, you know, that people play around the holidays. Now, I don't even know if most people do that, you know, anymore or if they're playing like video games or watching football or whatever. Like our family always does board games. We never, you know, really do much else. Uh, we'll eat and play board games and have, you know, tell stories and have great conversations, but board games is a big part of our family gatherings. So I'm just curious as to like what your, your top few board games would be that your family plays. Well, um, I would say I talked about sequence earlier. I think that could be considered a board game, but it's probably, it is somewhere. So sequence is huge. And that's been a pretty recent development, but um, in the past it was Scrabble, Life was a good one, Monopoly. Just mm. even the short versions too long. Yeah, and uh, too ADD for that. We don't have an attention span in our entire family for that. So, and we do we do catch the the Cowboys game every year. You know, we're uh, unfortunately we're saddled up with the Cowboys back in the '90s, and mm -hmm. some things must persist, but. They did a nice, uh, they trounced the old uh, Redskins, well, Commanders. Yeah. yeah trounced Make them. sure you use that political correct term. Yeah. So, anyways, no, it was, what's, what are the, uh, did you guys do board games this year? Oh, always, yeah. So, number one for us has always been a game called Acquire. I don't know if you've ever played that or not. It sounds like Monopoly. It's the best board game bar none, I think, of all time. Um, but it's it's little known. Like people, it's an old one from I'm, I've the, never the heard 60s, I believe. Um, but it kind of came down through several generations in my family, and uh, we play that a lot. It's a lot of fun. There's there's quite a bit of skill involved with it and thinking and and uh, strategy. And it has to do with buying companies and buying stocks in companies and growing your company and then selling your company or merging it or whatever. And so it's a lot of fun. And it don't take all that long. Like you can you can play a full game in about an hour. Yeah. Hour and a half max. That's usually. about how long it takes me to blow through about $10,000 in the stock market. Yeah, exactly. So, understandable. So that's a big one. Uh, we play a game called Masterpiece. It's uh, like... Buying and selling and trading paintings, you know, like like the famous paintings. Uh, that's another one and an old one as Two well. Two games I've never heard of. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm living under. We a rock. play a game called landslide, and it's it's a political game in in the way that you. Um, it's basically like the electoral college. You're you're buying up the states, and you get certain amounts. You know, you've got cards that have amounts on them and, and all of that, but it has to do with the Electoral College. So it's kind of a fun learning game as well, but it also is is just pretty quick. You know, you can be done in 30, 40 minutes. All of these, all of these uh, games that sound very white-collary. Maybe. Uh, Arkansas Bluff. That's yeah. where the white-collary ended. Yeah. You're, you were, you're four for four though on games that I have never heard of, much less played. Okay. So, so you, you need to look those I'll up. I'll have to get on eBay. Uh, good luck finding an acquire game under a hundred bucks. They're hard to acquire. They're, yeah, they are. And they're collector's items. And so mm. sometimes they're hard to find, but um, that's kind of some of the ones we do play sequence. Uh, we play some dominoes, you know, Farkle, um, 
dice games, things like that. Oh, spades. That's another one. Oh, spades. You and I have. We, I was lobbying hardcore for some spades on Thanksgiving night, but. That's a, it's one of my favorites yeah. of all time. It's a divisive game sometimes around the holidays also. Our, depending our on, family takes it a bit yeah. serious. Depending on who's, who's at the other end of the table mm. at times. My dad struggles with losing. You and I were usually partnered up most of the time, and yeah, we had some pretty good times with spades. Great so yeah, thing. I was just I was just curious as to uh, if yeah, you play well, board you're, games. You're four for four on games play. that I've never heard of. Settlers so of Catan. To, you ever played that? No, it's a no. great one. Risk was one. Risk. That we did. Uh, we that's played a big some. one for us. And chess. We play a lot. That of is that. a time. My dad and Dave. My grandpa bought my brother a chess set when he was twelve. Made of marble, mm. and uh, I collect chess sets. Really, yeah, I have quite well, a few. This one was a collector's for sure. But my dad and Dave got into a uh, sixteen hours of Dave beating my dad, mm. and my dad knew Dave was a early, early to bed fella, so he just figured he'd keep him up till his brain. The, the quit. old wearing out tactic. Well, Dave never did stop winning, and so or dad, distraction. Dad eventually just flipped the board over, and uh, that was the last Christmas we saw chess in the house. It's there's been a few ba- few bands, spades. My mom will not play spades. Dad don't like to just lose. Just too divisive. It's yeah. Some people. Well, these days, just about everything is. It seems one of yeah. the things that I thought was interesting is like you know on social media everybody was posting about you know walking into Thanksgiving to show my liberal nephews, you know, that there's only two genders or whatever. And, you know, making it look like that everybody is just going into Thanksgiving with this idea of setting somebody straight on politics or whatever. And I I begin to think about that, you know, um, is that the norm? I mean, is that what people do on Thanksgiving? Uh, do you, you know, are they using their, their holiday time with their family to, to just talk politics and, and divisive issues? I don't know about that. Like, you know, I, I mean, I'm in politics, obviously, and that's just not how we use our time most of the time when it comes to holidays. Um, I mean, you know, we've always had our our share of, of playful arguments over different things yeah. and maybe games even. Uh, but in the end, you know, of course, with with arguments as they usually go for me is, you know, they always end up coming over to my way of thinking. You know, I my my carefully crafted arguments usually win people over just in a matter of 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 moments and time. And I think some some people may have a little steeper hill to trod in the uh you know, keeping keeping the family all on the same uh, page. But everybody has that uncle Ben mm. that's looking for a fight. Just waiting. He hasn't had a good to one in pounce. a bit. My dad is that uncle. Okay. So we had a few Ukrainian questions so posed at the ping pong table. Is but he kept it copacet. I mean it was it was all in somebody walking curiosity. in the door with the the, the uh walk up music playing. Mm. Just ready. Just looking just looking for okay. a uh, Well, I was just wondering because, you know, for even people that are in politics like we are does it seem like that that no, tends to be the the main t- uh, subject of conversation? Well, it's like you know, if you're if you want to talk politics and religion, you know, you'll find a place. And if it's Thanksgiving is the first time you can get somebody as a captive audience, it might be right a great opportunity you shoot for shot. you. Shoot your shot, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. and just hope that somebody disagrees. I mean, I always get a few questions from people because you know they. They look at it like because I'm in this and immersed, you know, into this mm-hmm. arena of politics that I'm usually going to have a take on most things when it comes to politics and current events and, and news or whatever. But I really don't bring it up no, unless somebody else does. There's a difference between looking for an argument and asking a question. Yeah, to really know Yeah, and understand. And I, I please don't think I'm making my dad out to be a monster. I just told to he. He did tell me one time, he said, son, you got me and your mom's worst qualities, every one of them. <laughs> and, That's uh, encouraging. <laughs> uh, 
it would have hurt if it wasn't so true. And uh, that truth has that good burn, you know. Well, you can learn from that. Yeah. And no, I, and it, I mean, it I can really, see it, that you yeah. have, so. It's helped. Once I embraced that, I realized what to fight against, you know, what to, what to uh, hold at bay. So first up on the agenda, Tim, I don't know if you've heard, but last Sunday there was an election in Argentina, of this. all places, which is interesting that Argentina apparently is the second largest economy in South America. Brazil is first. I would think. I, I didn't. I believe Brazil see that, first. but I would I would assume that that would be the case. So, Javier Mali, I believe is how you say his name, is who won the presidential race last Sunday in what a lot of people thought was a long shot. Sounds kind of familiar, mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, but it's been interesting to watch this because I, I really had not heard about this guy. Maybe heard his name mentioned, you know, once or twice before this, um, but just in passing. So, you know, some of the questions that I began to ask: Who is this guy, right? And why was this such a big deal? In Argentina. I mean, I know their country, the economy has been in shambles. I mean, like 130-some percent inflation rate. I mean, just unbelievable what's happening in their economy. And maybe it's similar to what has happened in the the states where, you know, they overplay their hand and the administration that's in power and the economy tanks and people are hurting and people are feeling the pinch and taxes keep going up and all this until finally people are just fed up. And they, the pendulum swings. Yeah. So I've got a video uh, that I want you to see, and and let's just take a look at. Um, and this is kind of like the best moments of Javier, like during the campaign. And then we're going to talk about this a little bit. So this is campaign video rally where he's using a chainsaw as a prop. I'm not sure. Okay, so this, how'd you like the chainsaw? The chainsaw, he's he's saying he's going to cut spending. Okay. Hey. So, I, I mean, mean, it's a very stark visual. It's better than an axe. I mean, swinging an axe at your ride would be a little bit You can't get sketchy. much more dramatic than a, a running chainsaw. I feel like a giant pair of, of scissors. Of course like the chamber uses, might be pretty effective. Yes, it would be. And probably just as dangerous because he took the blade off of the, the, the chain off the chainsaw. But it would have been better for the environment. So he might have appealed to yeah. some... Uh, that's a good that's a um, good point. I should be a strategist, so this, I guess. The next part of this video is he's got like a whiteboard up and, and there are uh, little stickers on the board of different... Um, I don't know whether it's like government agencies, government maybe? agencies or positions, right? Uh, within like what we would look at as the bureaucracy. You know, I don't know how Argentina is set up, but I'd say it's similar. So he's just pulling these off, and just in a, in a kind of a very demonstrative way, uh, saying that these things are going to go away. Right? He should have taken like a mini Dewalt chainsaw and just been cutting them off the whiteboard. Yeah. Oh, to keep the theme? Yeah. Yeah. So here it is. So Ministry of Culture, out. Ministry of Environment and Sustainable Development, out. Afuera. Ministry of Women, Genders, and I don't know what that is cut off at the bottom there. I could only imagine what that is. But, you know, the probably like DEI, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion oh, Minister yeah. or whatever. Afuera. Out. Ministry of Public Works. Out. Ministry of Science Technology. Out. Labor and Employment. Out. Education. Indoctrination. He threw that in there. He said indoctrination. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, that's Ministry of Transport. Health. I wish I had half of his energy. 
Look at these people, they're going wild. This is this. He's, he's talking about collectivism. Terrible politicians. They're all terrible. If you think differently, they'll kill you. You can't give the leftists an inch. If you do, they'll use it to destroy you. You can't negotiate with leftards. Man, that's just a few of the highlights, Tim. I uh, this was not the video that I that I saw. I was watching the uh, CNN version. It was, I think, it was a CNN correspondent, and he was he was just appalled. He lives there, and uh, in Argentina. Yeah, he said that America, it's America's responsibility oh. to ensure to police this guy and make sure that he is not throwing out Argentina's political, more or less ostracizing the uh, powers that be. And he felt like that they would definitely not be able to do any, or that he would not be able to get anything done Thankfully, because they had a lot of because the deep uh, state and the uh, they had the bureaucracy, deep, the deep straits, so the deep state is strong. Mm -hmm. So he was really gleeful about that. Here's a Rolling Stone article I found that I thought had an, a, a touch of flair to it, talking about Javier being the, one of the most bizarre figures in modern politics, which I think is quite a statement. What? But watching him, I I will say he looks unhinged, but in a good way. Like yeah, I mean obviously I if wish, you, if I you wish watch some of the videos, he does he does seem to have that ability. I mean, his the it, eyes. He looks like he got eyes. down to Columbia. Yeah. But and, here's uh, here's what the Rolling Stone uh said about Javier. An economist turned legislator, Lee's abrasive political stylings, unruly mop of hair, anti communist ravings, and tastes for conspiracies have earned him comparisons to Donald Trump and support from right-wing figures within American media and international politics while wielding chainsaws as campaign props and sporting Make Argentina Great Again hats. Malie, nicknamed El Loco, has promised drastic cuts to government spending, social programs in order to curb skyrocketing inflation as Argentina braces for what promises to be one of its most consequential presidencies in decades. Here's what you need to know about Javier Malie. He's an anarcho-capitalist libertarian most of the time, says Rolling Stone. He wants a much, much, much smaller government charged only with the maintenance of justice and state security. What a travesty. And in a viral video, he was filmed ripping tags with the names of what we were just referring to in that video on the chopping block. All those, you know, education, culture, environment, sustainable development, all these things. And you, you, his, his political philosophy is quite interesting to me, and it does, I think, reflect a lot of more like libertarian views, much of, of probably I would agree with. He's also uh, anti-abortion. I saw that. But he's like pro-sex workers, like he wants to legalize prostitution, he wants to legalize drugs, you know, some of those things that obviously get pulled in on uh, libertarian, libertarian views. Yeah. But it's quite a, a an interesting character. Um, and then, of course, the media going straight to making comparisons to Donald Trump. So, you know, the question is, what is the significance? Is, is this, you know, this is South America, but, you know, there's a lot of similarities as far as economy goes, as far as inflation goes. As, as far as people being fed up with the bureaucracy, um, that I think you could make a comparison to what's happening in the United States yeah. of America. I, f I feel like we have to be, and he won by 56%. I feel like we have to be, um, a good portion of America has to be feeling that same way. I pray I think that we're sick of, of this, you know, sham. I think there is. I really do. Uh, and I, I think... You know, as far as what's happening in Argentina, I think, you know, because he's talking about uh, doing away with the central bank, yeah. you know, a lot of things like that, that many of us as conservatives have been saying needs to be happening in the United States of America for a while now. 
Um, is he flat tax? I don't know. I didn't read much on where he was on taxes. Uh, but obviously, you know, shrinking government is yeah. something that... Um, it's wild to see. A, a, I mean, he's kind of a third party, almost like a third party person getting yeah, wild in, card. in America. So He also cloned his dead dog. I saw that he had four cloned dogs mm-hmm. from New York. Yeah. And uh, quite interesting character. He I, said it that cloning is a way to approach eternity. Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, Javier Mali in Argentina. And um, definitely be keeping an eye on. Uh, he, I feel like he is a. He's going after sex trafficking already as well, which is a, a big problem in Argentina and South America in general. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, I have a. Uh, question that you may be able to answer for me and it, it's yeah kind of unrelated but trudeau trudeau up there in uh Denoy, canada alberta alaska alberta alaska you know <laughs> they they probably should have bought alaska alaska was quite a deal anyways he with him we were talking about libertarian there and uh the drug thing legalizing drugs is it's not looking very good for Canada. So it really shoots a... I mean, and, and I like... I think with responsible people, with adults, libertarian policies are the policy. But you see what's happening up there. And I know Trudeau is not a libertarian. No. And I'm not wanting to uh, imply that. But he's that is, basically a Marxist. Is, is that a reflection of what that particular libertarian policy would look like worldwide, you know, if applied where they legalize drugs. And I feel like that definitely has changed my mind somewhat. And it's not, I'm not pro-drug. I just feel like that, you know, all of, you know, all the arguments of, you know, less, less tying up of the law enforcement, um, letting people make, choice you know have the freedom of choice and it it looks really bad up there in Canada and I I don't know if that is I feel like they've taken it to the most extreme you know version of that but I mean it's it, it's uh back to the it it looks like the landscape in uh, San Francisco up there in in Canada yeah so it, it's a topic that that really takes time, I think, to dig into when you're talking about the pros and cons when it comes to legalizing drugs. I've had these conversations a lot, especially with libertarians, and they, they kind of range, too, on the spectrum when it comes to that. Um, but for the most part, especially true libertarians are more, you know, hands-off when it comes to government uh, regulating much of anything, yeah. actually. And and that is one and, and again, area I, that I... You know, I tend to lean in that direction on, on a lot of things, but, you know, I think there are, there's a line Mm -hmm. and, and then you have to think long-term, you know, what the consequences of this is going to be. And, you know, they do have a point when it comes to the uh, inefficiency of government to really regulate anyway, right? I mean, it's one thing to pass a law or to have a law in place, but how you go about regulating that, how you go about enforcing that all matters and usually they do a terrible job of it. Um, and then you have the extra burdens on law enforcement uh, that are already, you know, short-staffed just about anywhere you go, especially in the big cities. Um, so th- I think there are pros and cons. I feel like they the same burden that law enforcement has now, all of these new, more or less, clean injection sites, all of that stuff, if they had put that money into law enforcement. And you look at how Soros... Um, I don't know if you heard Elon Musk talking about Soros, um, but how he kind of, you know, had such an impact on, on, you know, our, our country and how he did it, but it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the more or less getting DAs who wouldn't enforce the law right, and, uh, letting America tear itself apart. Instead going after law-abiding citizens. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, the thing with the the drug problem as well is this: like, two, you have to consider we we have a mental health crisis as it is, yeah. and I think the drug problem has been a big part of that mental health crisis. Um, so, you know, if you were to just lift all the sanctions when it comes to drugs across the board in the United States of America, would the mental health problem get worse or would it get better? I tend to think that it would get worse. I agree. Um, and then what, what is the consequences? What are the consequences of that? Uh, and, and not only, you know, when it comes to the health and well-being and public safety and all of those things, but also the, you know, the, the ramifications when it comes to the cost of that to yeah. taxpayers, right? So all of that has to figure into any conversation that you have. It's, it's not just yeah. an issue of, you know, because, again, I'm always leaning toward liberty and freedom and, you know, the freedom for someone to make stupid decisions as an adult, right? Yes, I think but you have that, that right. That has been something, and I guess that's what I'm driving at is that, has been one place where I feel like um, just people are not responsible enough. And I, it, it just goes against everything that I believe in wanting. I mean, you know, people get in the way of the ideal, you know, scenario of just giving, if, if people could make good choices, responsible choices, if people were, you know, cared about others, it would be a different discussion, but it definitely brought, cause I, I like to believe that I, you know, libertarian. If we had the cultural yeah. morality of There's the exactly. 1950s, it would be a different story. Exactly. You know, it's just we're not there right now. Believing for a utopia that, um, you know, with ultimate freedom and no responsibility, it just doesn't work. And so I think there's... That and then is, saying that the government's going to fix that responsibility. Oh, no. And it's just funny. Naive at best. Seeing... and. And they're not, I don't believe he that Trudeau has any inclination in trying to get towards more liberty and freedom. But seeing yeah. how the government does handle something like that just is scarier than... Um, we have a lot less people in Than Canada the war on too. drugs. Yeah. And so, if, if to scale, if that was America, we would be in a, in a hell that we have not seen. Even more of a crisis than yeah. we already are. Yeah. Did you see uh, Javier's girlfriend by any chance? Um, he must be funny. Yeah, must have a great personality. Great personality. I. Uh, yeah, you look at a picture of both of them, and you're wondering how those two people got together. Well, she is actually a comedian who has played him uh, in character in sketches before. So he must be really, really funny. So it's like, you can't even make this up or rich or a good actor. Ooh. But I mean, look at those, look at those mutton chops. How long has it been since we had a political leader anywhere in the world who had, uh, the burns? Well, like this guy, um, John Quincy, maybe. Um, but I was, I was thinking he, he remind I, I was looking at him today and, uh, he reminds me so much of the Monty Python guys. <laughs> I don't know which one, but he looks like, and that was in the eighties. Uh, and they were probably, the Brits held on to the mutton chops much longer than anyone else. And here he is. Was Martin, I, Martin Van Buren. Martin Van Buren. He had some mean ones. Grover Cleveland as well, I think. But uh, yeah, probably since then. Wow, this the resemblance is striking. It really is. And they didn't have so much top hair. But yeah, he is a he is a polarizing figure for sure. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. I you know I I hope hope he can. Yeah, how it plays out. Does he actually follow through? And that's I I had heard some rumblings that he had. Done was some, a ruse to get elected. He had done some appealing, though, to the middle also, mm-hmm. and he was being criticized on that as... But I think, I don't know, there you you the are trying... You really are trying to represent the country, and to an extent, I mean, that there's the 56% of people that voted for you, and you got to have a little morsel for the, the other... Is it 44 Yes. I believe. Do believe. So next up, 
Tim is uh, something that is scary. And that is the U.S. is moving toward letting, this is a New York Times article I'm getting ready to read. The U.S. is moving toward letting AI weapons autonomously decide to kill humans. I mean, based on their social credit score. You know, that's that's probably going to be added in. That was that's the an first. update. That was the that's first the thing. That's the 1.2.1 update. That was you're, the first thing. ahead of yourself. The first thing that came to my mind, though, when I saw it was like, ah. Got to start. Yeah. Got to start well, uh, self-censoring. Better. Red MAGA hats are the first thing. I right? have not owned one, but. I'm I'm pretty sure that that would be their first uh, program to go after uh, if, if the may left be, were that in may control be on the, of the AI robots. That may be on the 1.0. It's probably on the 1.0. So this is something, I mean, what, what, what the Terminator 2 are we talking about here with this? Business Insider uh, quotes a New York Times article, the deployment of AI-controlled drones that can make autonomous decisions about whether to kill human targets is moving closer to reality. Lethal autonomous weapons that can select targets using AI, artificial intelligence, are being developed by countries including the U.S., China, and Israel. The use of the so-called killer robots would mark a disturbing development, say critics, handing life and death battlefield decisions to machines with no human input. And then you have several governments that are lobbying the UN for a binding resolution restricting the use of AI killer drones. AI is in the middle of everything right now, by the yeah. way. But here's the yeah. thing, you know, and, and they go on in this article to talk about, you know, this is really one of the most significant inflection points for humanity. Um, the role of human beings in the use of force, it's an absolutely fundamental security issue, a legal issue, and an ethical issue. Um, some of those that are skeptical of this. And the Pentagon is working toward deploying thousands of AI-enabled drones, uh, according to a notice published earlier this year. So this is something that's a reality. I mean, That's on the horizon when it comes to weapons. So with, with the... Uh History, there's a history film called Terminator, and uh, it's uh, future history. But I was just kind of curious, do they feel like that they would like, you're guaranteed they're not going to break the Geneva Convention? I mean, what's the what's the positive? I don't know what that there's any possibly, guarantee. What possibly good could, what, I just don't see how anyone sees that as a I mean, maybe to take positive. the emotion out of having to make that decision, but I think... I mean that emotion probably that, saved a lot of right? lives. Yeah, because uh, I, that's something that I believe is you know a God given trait when it comes to yeah. human beings to regulate our behavior, shame, regret, you know all those things. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard for me to even really fathom. I just don't see all any... the repercussions when it comes to this kind of weaponry. Well, I'm trying to think of a net positive, and I'm it's just not it's fleeting well, me. Well, the other question is, you know, a, a large part of this is who programs them, and what right. is programmed into the AI, and what level of authority will they have? And then can't, of course, can it be used? I mean, we already know the deep state is actively working against the American population in many ways over the past 10, 15 years that we have seen, and probably longer than that, I'm sure. But uh, it's become more real to us, um, the the length and depth of, of what is going on with the deep state. But, yeah, when I read this, I mean— I mean, you know, I, th- I think like, a lot of people view AI as like the collective mind, but uh, I don't— I, I don't trust it. The collective yeah. mind. Pfft. That's scary just to say that yeah. because if you if you talk about the collective mind, um, there's some good, bad, and ugly that's there's figured some, into that. There's some lowest common denominators that mm. are a little terrifying. Mm-hmm. There are the Jeffrey Dahmers and the uh, Timmy McVeighs. So I guess we'll we'll see how that how that plays out. Yeah, um, I get drones. I I really. It's hard to get down with this. 
Yeah, the the AI is, you know, I agree with Elon Musk. It's it's one of the most concerning things on the horizon, and I'm and by the horizon, I mean really now. Yeah, you, I mean, you look at the the strike that's happening in Hollywood. Most of that is over AI, and yeah. you know the the ability that AI has to take um, the role of writers and actors and all those things in the arts, and so. You know, which Mc- I don't really too f- feel too bad about Hollywood. I, I but. don't, but I mean, I'm there was not a McDonald's strike when they uh, started putting those, or a Walmart strike when I started checking out my own groceries against mm-hmm. my will. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. Um, I don't know. I think oh. it's scary. Just real quick, I had an idea. Yeah. That it's free it. to the public. So. How do you feel? Are you are you a late night person or? I can be, uh, <laughs> uh, not as much as I used to be when I was younger. How many times do you catch yourself wanting to go to Walmart at about eleven oh one? Yeah, when it's closed now. In it's, our town, anyway, it's running. No, everywhere. Is it everywhere? Everywhere, Ben. This is not. This is everywhere. I didn't know that. And they're not going back. So we have we have where you can go to Walmart and pick your groceries up. So they need to give, like, five people a key card to Walmart. They're open already. They're stocking at night. So people are in there. The same people who get your groceries during the day and have them setting out, do that to where you can go pick up 24 hours. They get all the customers back that are late night people. And they can Uber, you know, Uber or mm-hmm. whatever could bring you your stuff. And it's just brought up. So the three co- three employees or you know, kind of do it on a per capita, per per need thing. Keep Get the Walmart open 24 hours a day without the, you know, taxing the uh, having too many people and, you know, having to keep it running. And so security. I wonder, I wonder if it's too that in a lot of places, uh, it's a security risk for losing their products because of theft, oh, I, but they I would can't say make a policy that only allows uh, certain cities to be closed at night exactly. because then they would look like the, the people who are racist or yes. the people who are discriminating yeah. against certain populations or certain areas, and that wouldn't look good and, and on the social credit score. There's a million reasons not to be open 24 hours, but there's probably several million dollars says that you should. And I, I was I just think it's an opportunity for that is extremely capitalism. yeah. Have have employees that are already there stocking. They know the shelves. You can put your order in. It's not going to take a lot of your workforce. You're able to get that back. You know, where I can get a dad gum oatmeal cream pie at two AM if need be. I work till three a lot of times. So yeah, it's a problem when you're working that late and you can't find a place oh, to get your oatmeal cream pie. Have you ever had one of those warm with butter on it? Oh, yeah. I don't know about butter. I've had Put them about warm. a half a stick of real butter. You're literally making my mouth water right I'm now. Sorry. It's like Pavlov's dogs because I've had oatmeal cream pies warm and you, you got talk about it. Nope. Once you put that butter on it, next level. Anyways. Um, in, a, in a glass I was of cold just, milk. I was driving home from working up at my house, and I was thinking, man, I need some sweets, and I was craving, craving one of those. I've got brownies in the house if you want some, but... Okay, I'll definitely take you okay. up on one of those. But I'm... So, anyways, it's a real problem that 11.01 the other night, I was I was actually coming home, and I was like, oh, I need to hit Walmart. Not only is Walmart not open, there are no 24... Since COVID, there are no 24-hour... Stores, gas station, gas station, and I ended up getting a double one, and they just the the cream to oatmeal ratio is wrong. Too much, yeah. It's so not the same. I just needed a whole box of the normal ones to eat, and it didn't work out. So I was just thinking as I drove, Walmart needs to just you know let their employees that are already there doing their thing go ahead and fill small orders for desperate people. Well, the reality is probably AI has told them that. AI is what they should use. A robot could absolutely fill those orders, and I don't have a problem with that. If if it means that, I I mean, there's a million things. You're okay. 
scratch all that I said before. Your kid's sick. You need a little medicine. Mm-hmm. I've done that. If I've that, been there. If that doesn't, I mean, there's Dollar General closes at 10. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, Dollar General can have this idea too. I just, somewhere where you can get some necessities for I'll the people. You, I'll give you a personal story. Okay. <laughs> so we were working on these jobs in Arkansas several years back at the university working like 16 hours a day, right? And we're staying down there. Well, one night we decide to actually go out and have some fun, right? So we go to a go-kart place that's that's open. And we ride go-karts for hours, several hours. And, I mean, when I do something like that, I'm competitive, right? Yeah. I'm not there just to drive a go-kart around the track. I'm going to win. I found the go-kart that was a little bit faster. You know how it is. Yeah, you, you find, find the one that. that's a little bit faster. I start with number seven. Matched with your... And then I work down from Your there. incredible skills of driving Absolutely. go-karts. And next thing I know, I was so tensed up driving these go-karts for hours on end, winning, that I didn't realize that I go home, go to sleep. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning, and I am stoved up with pain in my shoulders and neck from being all tensed up winning all those go-kart rounds. And I had to go to Walmart at like 2.30 in the morning to find some Icy Hot to get a little bit of relief so I could yeah. rest. So well, what you're what you're telling me is I would have no option. None. They sure don't sell Icy Hot or BioFreeze. None of the good things at the gas station. So it sounds like to me there is a great opportunity here for a 24-hour place with the necessities. And I first my first thought was Amazon. And the then I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. Walmart has everything. They already have people working around the clock stocking. Why not fill small orders? Mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm sorry to I mean that was a complete left field, but it's been bothering me. I can tell. And rightfully so. Yeah. I mean so, I don't even get started good till about four PM. So <laughs> Those days for me are are waning, Tim. I'm hoping mine are too. I could pull an all-nighter with the best of them, as you well know. Oh, yeah. For many years. But those days are behind me. I uh, I can do it, but the recovery is where yeah, I get hung up on No, mine, mine, is, mine is waning, and I, you've, got, you've got a decade on me, Ben. I do. Thanks for reminding me. No shame. So did you... Did you watch the uh, Macy's Day Parade by any chance? <laughs> I never do. It's been about a decade since I've caught that. I would probably be more Day. apt to watch the dog show before that. I always wonder a lot of things about that parade. But so apparently what happened is there was, um, you know, these protesters seize every possible opportunity to make everyone else's lives miserable to uh, to try and get their point across, right? So you had the the pro Palestine people that showed up uh, with their matching T shirts and signs, suspicious suspiciously, uh, you know, appear out of nowhere overnight, and they all show up at the same place with their commercialized message to put out there. It just seems strange to me that that all works like that. Well, I mean, I have questions for sure. Just kind of like the loads of bricks that were placed everywhere during the the summer of love here a couple years ago in uh, 2020. Yeah. But so they show up and this time they choose to glue themselves to the pavement, you know, because obviously, um, you know, that's definitely the best way to to get your point across if you're. What kind of glue? You know, I don't know. That's a really good question. Roofing, because it, it matters. Roofing glue would do quite a job, but you got to roll it on the pavement and then roll it on yourself. So is it like a it. contact cement? It's, it's mm. ultimate contact cement. It comes in five-gallon buckets. But don't ask me how I know. Maybe we should uh, I have laid in a switch pool. out their supply. I think if you're going to protest, you should commit. So. I feel like they use like that white Elmer's glue. Yeah, they're not really committed. I used to eat that stuff, so it's not. It can't. That's be, not glue. It can't be that great. Let me see them pull out epoxy. Five minute epoxy with a steamroller rolling towards them. I mean, if that's I'm going to start one to listen to what they got to say. What you choose, 
then go all the way, go all in. Yeah, if you ever see my, if you ever see me gluing myself to the road, what would your cause be? Twenty four hour twenty four hour Walmart. Yeah, my kids, they know that that was the hill I chose, and it was a noble hill. <laughs> and they'd understand when their kids were sick. When my grandbabies, yes, they will. <laughs> they will understand one day. Mama, necessary. running out of diapers in the middle of the night. Need a little leche. I've been there. But what was interesting to me, you know, aside from the fact that, of course, you know, you had the crowd, you had kids that were booing these protesters. <laughs> kids. Tim. From the mouths of babes. From the stuff. mouth of babes. Get out of here. We're trying to watch the parade. For real, let me get some candy. And these insufferable people are doing their thing. You know, free Palestine, give the land back, whatever. Genocide then, genocide now. And they were holding up their banner. But right in the background, right directly behind the protesters, caught in most of the pictures, was the McDonald's float with the Grimace guy. He's driving The Grimace shake guy. So you look at the face of Grimace, and I've got it zoomed up here for you. I think the name says it all, but that is... Is it not the most perfect facial expression to be witnessing what's taking place and how disappointing it is that we can't have a Thanksgiving Day parade without these people showing up to ruin everything. Really, I wonder is. how many people they convinced of their cause that day. The kids weren't convinced. The kids that's, were not convinced. And that's a good sign for They wanted future. candy, and that's all they cared about. Mm. And these people were gluing themselves to the pavement I, instead. I'm just glad I don't live in a big city because... I just, I don't know. I'd be, I would be on the edge of breaking all the time. If I, if I had to firsthand witness lunacy, it would, it would wear on me. Oh, did you see that, that one? Uh, oh, where was this? I can't remember where it was. Look it up. Uh, but there was a guy who, the protesters were covering the road, right? Like they do. Again, a great way to really get your cause across. Great way to get run you over. Know, jam up the highway. Turns out. Well, this old guy had had enough. He gets out, and he pulls a gun, and he's like, if you don't get out of the road, I'm going to shoot you. And it's like almost in a casual way. Like he wasn't out of control. He wasn't out of, you know, it wasn't out of anger. It was just like he's he fed wasn't, up. He he's wasn't tired unhinged. Of it. He's tired of it all. And he's like, if you don't get out of the road, I'm going to shoot you. And the guy, you know, the protester guy is like, well, go ahead and shoot me. So he did. He obliged. And he just shot the guy. And I mean, just almost an expressionless look on his face. Like, I, I've had it. I, it's worth, you know, to him, it was worth it to just go to prison rather than let this ridiculous thing continue. I've been looking for an opportunity to say, do you feel lucky? Oh, man. Well, do you, punk? That would have been a terrific opportunity. If you're going to jail, at least find out if they feel lucky. I wonder... I really wonder what Clint Eastwood. It may have been Clint Eastwood. What do you, you may may have been Clint under an Can alias. you do that impression one more time? Do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Hey, our our applause button's working now. Oh man, we found in all the found all the buttons. That was a pretty good Clint Eastwood, I will say. My favorite Clint Eastwood was the time at the RNC where he did the, the, the little chair. sketch with the empty chair regarding mm. Obama. Oh, man, that was mm. good stuff. So anyway, uh, yeah, Grimace, the face, is priceless. Mm. Uh, and I think really speaks for all of us and how we feel with uh, a lot of this protesting that's going on. Yeah, it, it's a real... it's a. It's a hard cause to get behind. And my suggestion is this. Like, look, if you want to protest, go for it. As long as it's peaceful and it's not hurting anybody else. And even if you want to glue yourself to the pavement. Get your own be my guest. day. But all I ask is that you go full committed. Like, Real just go glue. all the way. Like the hippies, the tree, the tree huggers, the tree livers. 183 days in a tree drinking their own urine. That is commitment. Palestinians could take a page. That's all I'm saying. I'm not listening until it's good, 
good contact cement minimum. Tim, I got one more thing. Okay. You ready? And I'm going to go out with a bang today in this episode because I don't know if you still have a, a wish list for Santa. I rarely do. But I'm back on the list again this year. Okay. And here's why. So apparently our military is developing this weapon that is like an Iron Man jetpack for your arms for flying. And you got a, a pack on the back as well. But added to the mix of how bad to the bone this really is, is there's a an attachment with a fully automatic Glock as well that is... It works based on where your eyes are looking when you're using. So you this got a little monocle that. I'm not sure exactly. Those it's probably in the helmet because I you can see in the video. I'm getting ready to play this yeah. video for you, but it's probably in the helmet, um, the mechanism and and how that works. But I want you to see this. So is, is Glock of Argentina? I no no that's Austria. Austria. Yeah, they do have a. I should have finished. I should have. Finished. I can't even think of the, the sound chord. of music. Ge- uh, geography. Geography. Oh, geography. <laughs> I did finish the sound of music, ironically, but Austria. I own Glocks. Anyways, they so do have a they, plant. In, are they uh, making it? They do have a plant in Georgia. 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 Yeah. 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 I have a Georgian gun. Well, I think they're just using a standard. So they just. I say standard. The fully, fully auto, auto Glock 17 is not exactly your standard Glock. Yeah, I don't have one of those, but. I've always wanted one. I wouldn't mind. But you, you have to go through the freaking ATF to get one. Yeah, I, I haven't even gotten around to a silencer yet. And I've been my... calling out for their abolishment for a while, and so they probably won't um, give my application when it comes to a you, fully auto Glock. You're not going to be on the top of the list for the ATF, but Santa. Yeah, so if 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 Santa, if you're listening, Santa, this is all I want. And I mean, it could be like for the rest of my years, Christmases. I've got a, I have a little bit of insight on what it costs to develop a weapon for the U.S. military. Hmm. And I'm thinking that maybe you should talk to Santa about like a Harbor Freight High Point version of this. They say not to buy parachutes from Harbor Freight, but maybe a jetpack is okay. And high points are... What's the brand at Harbor Freight? Um, Bauer? No. No, you're going to want to be in like a central pneumatics because... Central pneumatics there's going you're, you're going to need Starter some back. propulsion. Um, I would think central pneumatics would probably be the mother company of producing... What could possibly go wrong? Well, like I said, they say not to buy parachutes or... I wonder if you buy one of those at Arbor Freight when you check out if they're like, would you like the three-year extended warranty? <laughs> That's the beautiful thing is you may have to get four or five of them. I would mainly want to know if that extended warranty could be passed on to the survivors because I don't think I don't think you're making it through it. But I'm just saying, you could have a similar product that Santa could afford... I'm just saying I I would probably try it. (laughs) I mean, if it had any means of trying to convince me at all that it was legit, uh, I would probably try it from Harbor Freight. A high point automatic sounds like this. It would really be a problem if you're flying it with the jetpack, both your arms are occupied, (laughs) and your high point jams. I, when you're really in a serious situation, really the fully automatic part of that high point is hyperbole. That probably is, beyond the scope. I haven't of seen a I haven't seen a, a high point do three round bursts yet. So, you know. Plus, it would weigh so much you couldn't get off you the would, ground. You, <laughs> you would shoot your toes off because that's the, all you could see. The anchor, the anchor for your jetpack. You wouldn't have to worry about falling too far in your central pneumatic jet pack. <laughs> you probably wouldn't even need a parachute. No, you're not getting three feet off the ground with 
Hey, a one they, round burst. <laughs> if they had one that would even work at three feet, I would still, I would still ask. I feel like Santa, that's please. probably Santa. Ben's not. He's not greedy. I'm crying. <laughs> uh, we went off the rails. Yeah, we did. So with that, because you set off the rails, I think we'll end this episode. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter. What's the other one? Instagram. It's it's X. It's X. Sorry. <laughs> Send us an email as well. If you, if you ever have anything you want to talk about, something that interests you, uh, send that to us as well, and we'll probably try to get it on the podcast. If there's anyone out there who is interested in being a sponsor of the show, high as point. well, <laughs> high, high point or Harbor Freight may be on the list now. But uh, I am a rewards yeah, member. Let us know because this thing is taking off just like an Harbor Freight jetpack. Absolutely. We'll see y'all next week. God bless. You.